Welcome to the Big Red Rundown. I'm Zane. I'm Drew. And I'm James. And, and we thought... <laughs> and Matthias gets skipped because Iowa sucks. Ah, ah, no, uh, but we thought the right thing to do would be to spend our time wasting yours talking about Nebraska football, basketball, volleyball, baseball, and anything else that involves the University of Nebraska. It's bound to be the best, we'll say 20 to 30 minutes today. Be, be quicker. <laughs> we'll try and make it quick. But Even man, though it's one of the busiest weeks of all time. Yeah, there's been a whole bunch of stuff been going on. But first and foremost, Nebraska beat Iowa. Do you know why, though? <laughs> Why? Because, because Iowa, Iowa sucks, sucks dude. <laughs> Iowa's, I they let me tell you though. They yeah, a couple, did. They played a couple real things bad. off the bat though. Our offensive line looked pretty good, guys. They did. They couldn't run block much, but they they were pass blocking they, really. They well. pass blocked incredibly well. I feel like most. Of, I mean, just for what we had seen for all of the season, somehow they put out somewhat of a competent performance, which mm-hmm. was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, they did, and the defense played just as good as they needed to. We definitely 100% were playing not to lose yeah. rather than playing to win. But that, when you go up 24 to zero, when you go up 24 to zero or 17 to zero, 24 to 24 zero, yeah, and yeah. then they scored. Yep. When you go up 24 to zero, the goal is just don't lose. Yeah. at that point. And I know James <laughs> and I had a dis- uh, differing opinions on that, like on the play calling and stuff. But at the end, one thing I really appreciated because we have not seen it all year. Was that yeah. they did they did play to win in the fact that because they had such a big lead they were just draining clock by maybe not That's running the most yeah. effective plays but compared to the last games where they were like having drives that were lasting a minute and twelve seconds mm-hmm. when we had a fourteen point lead mm-hmm. they were at least pulling three four minutes off the clock yeah and it, it forced Iowa's hand knowing that Iowa's offense struggled yeah it they they were saying okay we're gonna just take clock off because we like our defense's odds of holding them below our the threshold of our lead here and, and in the l- less amount of time even though they weren't being the most effective on offense because if you start chucking the ball around and doing more things and getting in and out of there with a minute and 12 second drives and giving Iowa the b- ball more more times. Yeah. That's what got us in trouble against Wisconsin. That's what got us in trouble against Minnesota. That's what. So uh, I actually appreciated, from my perspective, like something I hadn't seen all season, and that was proper clock management. Yeah. No, if it no, was a ten the, point game, yeah. it, to me it's different. But well, twenty when it's it twenty, very, it very, when it got to a it seven very point quickly game, became a ten but point still, and a seven point game. <laughs> I, I agree, but at that point the clock was so much smaller, and so they yeah. they stuck to the plan. They said we trust our defense because our defense was playing out of their minds. Yeah. Held them to like what two hundred seventy five yards of offense the whole game. Yeah. And it, most it, of that in the second half. Exactly. And so I, I appreciated them finding yeah. a strategy. And they got the lead quick because they thought they could, and then they just they they drained clock. And mm-hmm. we I haven't seen that out of this team all year. Yes, I believe in 20, 2015, I was at I was at the Nebraska Wisconsin game. I st- stood in the student section, and we were winning. And then it got to the point where we needed to get a single first down to yep. not give Wisconsin yep. the ball back. Yep, and I've Wisconsin seen or this. Iowa. This was Wisconsin. This was Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And this happened it was the again game. It was the two game weeks were... ago with Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. We got a we needed, if we got we needed one, one, first down, one first down. But we were playing to not lose. Yeah. That's what happened with Wisconsin yeah. a week ago. So because I'm watching this game now, like the the Iowa game this year, like I've just seen Nebraska so many times. If we get one first down, we can knee the ball out. Yep. And we run the ball up the middle. They call a timeout. It takes two seconds off the clock. So with that being said, I would rather go for the first down, knowing they're going to stop the clock regardless uh-huh. with that last time out. 
Does that make sense? So we, uh, we it run, does. We it's just to like, me oh, that's not smart football. I know no. what you're saying though. I no, but because you, of who we were no, playing. Because no, 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 no. Hear me it out. Is, hear me out. It is smart football because, no, because if you get you, the first down, get, the game the is same, over. It's the same thing. So you have they run the ball, and we knew they were going to call a timeout. So we run the ball right up the middle against. We just did this against Iowa. We run it up the middle. They call a timeout. We take four. That takes four seconds off the clock. If it's an incomplete pass, that also takes four seconds off the clock. And we still give them the ball back, but I'm saying we can take the we can take the game completely out of their hands. Yeah. Rather than you could see how it's set up and the clock management, it was good. This is normal. This is, was, this is normal football is, clock it's, management. It's, it's, I just think I'm not saying it's frustrating because it right. Nebraska. It's frustrating to me when anyone does it. Yeah. Because the same thing is going to happen. I would rather go for the first down to completely take it out of their hands to give them zero opportunity. Northwestern can't throw a Hail Mary against us. Wisconsin yeah. can't come down and kick a field goal. Like, yeah. I don't want them to get the chance to do anything. It's difficult because um, because just it's, it, all, it all revolves around the game script and like what's actually going on in the game. When we're up 24-0 to zero and Iowa has, I think that, that in, in the fourth quarter, they you had You should play out. conservatively at that point yes. and run the clock out. And they did a great but, job until it was a 10-point lead. But also, we, can't, we literally can't run the ball. We would get maybe two yards yes. every time at, at the most. Anthony Grant would come in. It, Ramir averaged much more yards per carry, but we weren't running the ball for first downs. We would, run, we would run the ball up the middle three times, and then we would go three and out. We wouldn't run the ball three times and get two first downs and waste extensive amounts of time. We were running the ball and wasting a minute and a half. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. Is especially it's, it's in the last a minute. Yes. We're only wasting a minute and a but, half. But especially it... it it, it was frustrating more than anything because they had been doing it for the whole second half and nothing was happening. It was, it was literally, we had no offense. We, we could not get a first down in the second half. And it's because I think we, we, didn't were, score. we were afraid to throw the ball because we're like, we have to keep the clock running. But throwing the ball, especially against Iowa, who they yeah. already had some secondary out, and just seeing we had, all, all of the possible scoring potential we had, come from We had it. some success, but the point is those things... I agree with both of you in that, yes, it's completely frustrating and we didn't score and we literally almost lost the game. But we didn't. But we didn't. But, but we had lost the game that way so, so many, many times. times that, that to say that, that no, it just worked out this I, one time. And it's again, like, remember, that's if, bold, dude. if Iowa isn't literally the worst offense that we played all year, mm -hmm. they had the ball with a minute left. A minute and 22 a seconds. A minute and 22 seconds with no left. no timeouts. With, I mean, because we we made them drain their timeouts, and their their strength of their game is that they had to change their playbook. They had to throw even, to the outside. They had to play the sidelines, and that's not their game, which is what we forced them into yeah. by by the the strategy we play. And, and what I'm saying is, thank God we were playing Iowa in, in that situation. But but we were in. I, we I think lost. if we weren't playing Iowa, they would change their strategy there. It, that that played. I almost guarantee knowing your uh, opponent. And here's what, the thing: but their defense is very opportunistic. They. Have how many turnovers? They're they're way up in the country in turnovers. Yeah, last, well, last yeah. year they yeah. led the NCAA scoring defense, margin. and so for for me, I'm like they're they're they know who they're playing. Their defense is an opportunistic mm -hmm. defense who scores a lot of points. Their offense, they know if they take up their timeouts away with a little bit amount of clock, they don't have anything that works within what they they're doing. So that's what they went for. I think that might I think that might honestly be giving them too much credit because they had literally played three games in a row where they did not do that. They did not adjust. Yeah, no, but uh, but they true. did this one. But, they, they played yeah. it differently this one than they did. So if mm. anything, they learned from their mistakes. 
but they didn't play it differently. We just essentially no, we ran the out the clock. It, it worked this time because the pre- previous games we were still dropping back for passes and doing things and getting sacked. That's why, like those last three drives against Wisconsin, or whatever, we literally barely averaged no, over a minute no, per we were, per we drive. Were t- we were up ten to zero against Minnesota, and I we know. did not come out running the ball. We came out passing the ball all because the way. ten zero is different than twenty four zero. But but y- yes it, yes but. Again, we didn't score in the second. And half again, of the Iowa also game. Minnesota has a much better offense than Iowa, so it, you know, ten points isn't much against uh, Minnesota. Much better offense. It's it's a it was a good offense, and they have a much better running back. Exactly. So I'm saying much yeah. better offense. Like ranking wise, Iowa is almost dead last, and Minnesota's middle of the pack. Like that's a yeah. huge jump. Okay, so it makes a difference who you're playing is what I'm saying. Yeah, we were, and so it, you have to change your strategy. Ten points against Minnesota. They know Mo Ibrahim can, boom, bust a big run right there. They yeah. had multiple backs that could. They had a quarterback that was throwing the ball well yeah. with their backup that they put on. But in, they knew I was just a different situation. Yeah. And so I, they, I, to me, they played to – people say they, did, they played not to lose rather than playing to win. And I disagree with that. They played with a strategy that they – were fully confident that would win them the game because they knew who they were playing and they did and it worked. Were you fully confident that we were going to win the game when Iowa had the ball with a minute left? Absolutely not because it's Nebraska. So why would anybody, any coach on the staff be 100% confident that the game plan that we've been executing for a whole half and they've scored 17 straight points unanswered because at some point it's gonna you have to just now. you have to trust your your team yeah. and what you're doing and the strategy you're going forward I, and it did work. Yes. That's people like when they talk about this they talk about it like we lost because we because we we bare, we almost lost. But yeah, we they won. they went and they played it differently than they had been and it worked and I think they knew their opponent. That's all I'm saying is like yeah. to me that was well, smart football. No, I'm saying well obviously you could say cuz they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. If we didn't have that kind of lead but if we had a 10-0 lead, I know Nebraska would have came out and did the, tried to do the same thing, and we would have lost that game. And they, and they That's what's frustrating. Also, I'd like to do a lot of fact-checking. Iowa is not the worst they, offense. They, 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 are, they are number 118. Okay. There was a point in the season where they were. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, they were 130, so bad. 130 or something 130? like that. Yeah, yeah so like they're, that. Not, they're not even close to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Praise anyway, goodness. But no, we but actually, yeah, anyway. So. We won, and Nebraska did. And I'm exa- very happy. Yes. I'm very happy. Nebraska did exactly what they needed to do to win the game. O'Shawn Mathis exactly. came up big, kind of just yeah. the D line, actually. We only Caleb pressured. Tanner. We only pressured like four. There's one we actually sent one, but we were kind of playing some prevent defense. But yeah. even with four, they, they still had like five down linemen at least every time, and we still got pressure. So that was that yeah. was a nice touch because yeah. that has also not been there the whole season. <clears throat> yeah, no, it, I felt like both lines stepped up. Um, I thought it was a better coached game. I it felt was, like it I was felt a like better coach. Game. It was great to have our full. It, 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 it wasn't perfect. I would like to blanket. Well, it doesn't my, really matter because none of those coaches are on staff anymore. <laughs> I, would, I would like to. <laughs> hey, we'll get to that. We'll get I to would that. like to blanket that my experience of watching the game was with Iowa fans, <laughs> and that is stressful oh man when I'm sure. watching, watching you have a team, absolutely no idea watching a team that is like <laughs> coming coming back that does not deserve to win a game like does oh, not deserve yeah. to win this game in iowa like just have seeing it them slowly come back and i'm like i my watch literally told me that like i, I was having like too much stress I uh, you like, showed yeah. that <laughs> it like yes i feel that that's real but how sweet is it? Because we've lost so many heartbreaking games against them that they almost came back, but they didn't. I, so yeah, you almost like, you know, that glimmer of hope that you have. You're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then it's just crushed. <laughs> to me, that's way worse than losing by 40. But having to watch that game with <laughs> yeah, Iowa fans, oh, yeah. I really, I truly wanted just to be like, 
yeah, we won. That's it. I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to ever hear a. Oh, but if our if our but it didn't. But we it, won. It still did. Like to I know. me, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I wanted. I wanted it to be 24 seven. I wanted it to be 20. Yeah. Even even 24 10. They did not. Yeah. The way that they played throughout the game, it did not even deserve to be 24 17. And that's what it's I know. Be. Yeah, that is true. Anyway, I would happy, happy for the win. That's the last time we've beat Iowa since 2014, and I was at that game. There you go. In in Iowa. That's awesome. So I went to the game last year and left uh, in the fourth quarter when we were still up twenty four to fourteen <laughs> or twenty one to fourteen or twenty one to no what what was the score last year when they blocked I think the punt we were up by ten or so yeah, when yeah they, it was ten when they blocked the punt no we were up by ten no after it was twenty one it, for a it was twenty one to ten because they had kicked the field goal we that's got it they blocked the punt for the touchdown that's right and I was like I am going home yeah. I'm <laughs> absolutely not going to stay and watch this and yeah. we lost. The point that I got nervous is when they, they put up on the screen, it said, um, like, Iowa, this would be Iowa's largest comeback victory ever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, they're going to do that against us. Like, that was the point. I'm like, don't put stats like that because we're the king of, like, uh, allowing of teams to, to do things like that to us. And so, yeah. That was, like, the one port I was. Yeah. Yeah. Was we, we were missing Sam Laporta that game, and we run a lot of our offense through him. Sure. And so I would have been really curious. I'm not saying that's the reason why we lost. We lost because we just... You lost because you don't... We lost... Suck. I mean, we were missing three we offensive linemen. We were missing probably our best boys, running back, yeah. too. Yeah, water boys that play quarterback. Yeah. That's why... Yeah, yeah no kidding. Um, we didn't have A.J. Padilla, Allen. Padilla also just hit the transfer portal, too. I saw that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Which would be yeah, really interesting would, to see yeah. what FCS school he shows up at. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I was, I was, I was, I was just going to say, like, I would always be curious to see how that game would have turned out if we had Sam Laporta, just yeah. because we run a lot of the our best, offense through him. The best tight end in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great blocking on the edge. Um, Nico Regani tried to get you guys back in the game for sure. So it was, it was, uh, it was fun in the fact that we ended the, we ended the season successfully. We ended it with a win against the most successful, se- the most successful season. In Can we, eight uh, seasons. before I know we, we should get on to talking about all the coaching changes and staff and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can we do a quick, quick little highlight of Nebraska basketball yesterday? Oh my goodness, like, guys. That was so much fun to watch. It was a fun game, dude. I, I was most impressed. Obviously the offense was the, the, the Kasey, man. Yeah. Kasey yeah. Tominaga. He's so much great, fun to watch. Yeah. Great player. Super fun. Great coming off the bench. I think last year he started the first couple of games of the season. Yeah. And I just don't think he has the size to really do that. I agree. But he does have the energy coming off the bench that it's like, he's a problem. When that dude, when that dude shoots the ball, I think everyone thinks like that's probably going in. Yeah. Which is a really fun person to have. But I was most impressed yesterday just with the defense. I texted you guys, but like the rotations on oh, defense, man. the help defense, like, dude, they swarmed and yeah. just like, Everyone looked, I just was watching everyone. Everyone looked like they knew exactly where they needed to be. And we were running a pretty like deep lineup yeah. of people. A lot of people coming off the bench, a lot of people moving around. But yep. it was it was just fun to watch. I yeah. was super impressed with Blaze too. Yeah, yeah. Blaze. Like, like, he had 12 rebounding rebounds. Rebounding, like, like fighting for I remember. There were like two or three times there were like three guys around him. He somehow like came up with the rebound. Yeah. And he had that one like pass behind his back when he's like falling down yeah. and yeah. an assist. Like the guy's just scrappy. He's a we just have yeah. some players out there. It's, like, it's another level of athleticism and players. He's probably like. the first like legitimate Big Ten center that we've had yeah. since since Fred's been here. But I think Derek Walker is legitimately a candidate for an All Big Ten first or second team this year. Yeah, if he can, he is. He just so, stay healthy. Yeah, he got in foul trouble really early yesterday, yeah. so he only ended with 10 points, but I think, I think seriously, like seven of them were in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And he's so, just the most, he's not literally the most half. efficient player that's ever played at Nebraska, coming off two straight double-doubles yeah. on the road, uh, two big wins in a row. You know, this was probably the most overall 
um, just successful and good basketball game of had, Fred of Fred Hoiberg's oh, for tenure. Sure. Everything was the, the, going his, so his well. His style of offense, it really worked. It was perfect. We had they had five players in double digit scoring. Yep. Like that's imp- that's impressive. And Sam Sam Greasel was at eight points, so he yeah. just was like he was pretty close to, but he didn't actually he didn't score. Need to. He didn't score till late in the second half anyway. Yeah. But, but when he did, when he like game. took it to the hoop and stuff, like driving, like he's he's just another kind of athlete. We yeah. I don't know. I, he's like he's big enough, but moves. You know, he has the size to go along with the speed and skill, which I feel like we've been missing that for a while. Yeah, too, yeah. So. so anyway, I just wanted to highlight it quick. Good. They had a good win. It felt good. Nebraska volleyball. They're not going to be able to. You know, they're not winning the Big Ten championship this year. No, nope. there's still chance two, tournament two wise. Yep. We're going to be a two seed in the tournament. Two seed in the tournament. Which is not terrible, but no, and it's in Omaha, so yep. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yep, Nebraska basketball going straight into three games against top ten opponents in a row. Um, I don't think they're going to get blown out in any of them, but we'll see. Uh, they're competitive. They're putting it together, so um, that'll be exciting to watch for sure. Another thing that's really exciting is we hired a new head coach, a yes new head sir. football coach, Matt Rule, Mister Matt Rule, as Trev Albert said, which just didn't sound quite right coming off his mouth. Mister Matt Rule, I don't know. Mister Rule doesn't make quite as much sense either, but. Matt Rule is the official head football coach for the University of Nebraska. And I think um, what it boils down for me, because as soon as Nebraska hired Matt Rule, news started coming out about uh, Fickle to Wisconsin, and everybody's like, oh, well, if Nebraska could have got Luke Fickle, why did we end up with Matt Rule? And it just didn't make any sense in my mind because Nebraska absolutely needed Matt Rule more than they needed Luke Fickle. Luke Mm. Fickle is a great football coach. Arguably a more successful head football coach in college. Much bigger sample size at one place. He has made a playoff. He has made a playoff. He he has been successful as an assistant, but he has no, and I mean no experience building a program yeah. the way that Nebraska needed and the way that Matt Rule has done before. I think Matt Rule is a perfect hire for where for where Nebraska especially, especially after the news came out yesterday. This is like the perfect spot for Matt yeah. Rule. He's walked through stuff like this before, and I think he'll he'll be able to manage it well. And so, well, obviously, what I'm mentioning is Mickey Joseph being arrested mm-hmm. uh, by LPD yesterday. Like, still don't know a ton of details other than just we don't know any the, de- the report. Yeah, we don't really know any details at all, and so it's just wise to to you know uh, keep it keep it to yourself. Honestly, it, if you have thoughts on it that i understand uh, everyone yeah. has thoughts on it it's a huge deal in nebraska but none of us know enough to make mm. giant broad statements on twitter or whatever or argue with each other about it or especially to make it a point about whether or not he he could or should or would be retained on the coaching staff none of that matters anymore yeah um so just be just be I in mean, prayer if, the the one thing i will say is if i mean as obviously there's like there'll be a, a huge investigation on this if if any of it is like remotely true yeah hiring matt rule was is the perfect hire like you said yeah, i do think it becomes like up. the more of yeah mickey joseph might not have really even been qualified to be the head coach i'm glad i'm glad that trev yeah saw the need to bring in an outside guy and i'm glad that it was matt rule because yeah just the his ability to develop people is is players and even just some some of the people that are coming in it's a lot of the guys that have worked with him mm-hmm. before on different things whether it's at baylor or temple or even at carolina um but I really do feel confident in their desire to like develop players, and it's funny because they said they uh, Trev doesn't want to hire someone to to win the press conference. But man, that press conference felt so good. He won it, man. Yeah, his goal wasn't to hire somebody so that he would win the press conference. But the guy that he hired 
definitely won the press conference. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he is such a fluent speaker, son of a pastor. So he he knows how to he knows how to work a room and and get you know get people's attention and get his point across. Very eloquent. Like his yeah. the story of him when he was younger and Nebraska making him cry multiple times and then making him cry again whenever he got the job. It, it's it's cool, man. It's it's like. Everything is finally coming together, and it's everything, obviously, that I expected it to be. Much more encouraging, just absolutely drowning in Kool-Aid at the moment. So we'll yeah, see, it'll we'll be, see it'll how this offseason. So the uh, transfer portal opens up in four days, December 5th, right? Yeah, yes, yep. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe it's December 5th. And so what do you think is the – what do you think is this – what do you think is Matt rules like should be his number one priority in the transfer portal this year? Oh man. If not keeping Casey. Yeah. I was going to say it depends on the roster. I think the first step one is knowing who you're losing to the transfer portal. Yeah. Because if, it, if Casey loses, it's one, a, B, C, it has yeah. to be a quarterback. I mean, the, the, yeah. Even just, even just the news of what happened with Mickey, whether regardless, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering like, is Malachi Coleman still coming? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, it's really, it really is a, so I think it's, it's a lot is up in the air. Like a lot is up yeah. in the air. Um, it'll be interesting what a new coaching staff looks at, like with our with our current quarterbacks, with like yeah. a, a Richard Torres and stuff, and what the, you know, like it, it could be interesting. Even Harbors, some others, yeah, some others. I've yeah. heard Harburg's leaving, like just rumors. But that was with this staff, so we'll see. Um, very highly. I, I would, but I would say to me, it's it's kind of the the same things. Quarterback, yeah, both lines, yep. We need some more pass rushers, you know. And yeah. But I, to me, it's just those are the big three: is the quarterback and it, it both both of the, in the trenches, and mm-hmm. then potentially a quasi replacement for Trey. Yeah, I think, even though we're thick there, we're deep at, at you know, wide receiver. I think in in terms of most importance, if Casey doesn't stick around, you need a quarterback without question. The question then becomes: I think Matt Rule met with Casey and said he wants him to stick around, which makes perfect sense. I think Casey fits right into his offense, but quarterback. Offensive line, you got to get one or two offensive linemen that have that have experience that can come in and execute the game plan that that Matt Rule needs because it's going to be real tough to see some guys. uh, I think I read a South Carolina offensive lineman just said he was going to the and uh, Nebraska Nebraska already offered uh, a lineman from Rhode Island who's huge huge, has offers from Oregon Oregon all those places yeah Yeah, all these these top schools potential like I've heard talked about like. Potential best potential player. best player yeah. like high draft pick potential yeah he's mm. yeah. he's huge so I think that's most important on yeah. in my in, in in my perspective and we are getting Nuelli back and Prohaska back yeah. and so like we've got pieces back that weren't in play that mm-hmm. were going to be better losing Trent we'll Hicks probably, hurts we'll probably get Corcoran back at guard or center or even. center P- Piper maybe to center but anyway yeah. we've got to figure out that O line the quarterback situation, and then yeah, yeah. Nate, could, Nate Glantz actually tweeted yesterday that he's opening his recruitment. He's going to be entering. That? He went to Bellevue West. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's a quarterback at Iowa oh, State. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So he actually entered entered the transfer portal yesterday. He's announced, announced that he was. He's an, yeah. So that's why I'm like, I'm I'm interested, just because he's he's a yeah. Nebraska guy. I wonder if he's had conversations, why he's doing that. Yeah. There's also rumors that Spencer Rattler might enter the transfer portal. Nah, I don't and know. And guys, how, how, would, how would you feel if he ended up in Nebraska? I'll, if, he, if he comes, no. I'll, I mean, I, I I I hope he's matured and things like that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm but, good without it. Yeah, but, <laughs> I'm, I'm but personally, I, I'm not, I would be just kind of a little cringy with it, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I, I would, I would, I don't, one, I don't think it's true. I don't think he would just follow Marcus Satterfield from from South Carolina, but 
Um, I don't think I don't think he's better than Casey. So, yeah. I mean, he well, literally was behind. I really Casey do think like Casey would last look, year in the Big Twelve. Casey would just look really good with a good offensive line. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just the amount of times we've he tried, has. We, we've Anytime made, we've had a good oh, offensive yeah. line, this this Iowa game, he was like two forty eight for three touchdowns yeah. and had like five incompletions, six incompletions. Yeah. yeah. Just give him time in the pocket, and the dude can make some good throws. So yeah, I really do hope he stays. I think that would be that would be a big a big loss, huge upgrade. I, so if we, yeah, if we keep him around, it'd be a huge upgrade for the for the next next season. I sure. I have a especially with this Mickey news. I'm I'm expecting a pretty big exodus from our team, but that's just gonna happen, guys. It's just like that always happened. Let alone with the t- TP available. Like I'm not so I, yeah. I think Rule's gonna do his best to. Like he's, I love what he said in the press conference. He's like, these are, he's like, you are not frost players. He basically said that, you know, like a lot of times people treat, oh, I'm still working with frost guys. They're not my guys. He yeah. said, no, I came here to coach you guys. You are my guys now. Like yeah, he, yeah. he was very upfront with that. That's a really, that's a really cool perspective. Uh, yeah. He's like, this is, you aren't his guys just because I didn't recruit you. He's like, I chose this job. So for I you to coach yeah. you because I'm cho- I chose you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I really liked that line. That's really good. Yeah. That that was that probably was the best my favorite line in the in the press conference yep. as well. Because I think it's easy for coaches to be like, I gotta get my you know, we they always say like I gotta get time to get my recruiting cycle yep. in and just kind of makes everyone even feel even Mickey like, said that a bunch. Yeah, even you know Frost I, said that. Frost said it, Mickey said it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um I there's some, I don't know, mixed reviews on the staff that he is bringing in so far. So far, we've got five confirmed with Marcus Satterfield doing as the offensive coordinator slash tight end coach. Yep. Uh, EJ Barthel, running back coach, who I'm pretty excited about. Dude, actually. I'm pumped. Yeah. Okay, and this we'll one. Obviously, and we'll obviously talk more about these things in coming weeks. Sure, we'll yeah. Podcast specifically Ter- about these things. Yeah. Terrence Knighton for the D-line coach. And guys, like, I, I, I'm a Bronco. I feel, yeah. good. I feel I'm, good about I'm that, a Bronco dude. fan. Do you not feel good? No, I feel awesome oh, about okay. it. I was, because I was like, I as feel a, pretty good about that. As a Bronco one. fan, like he was, he was loved on the team. Just a, he's huge. Yeah, and big. just one of those big personalities. Yeah. Everyone loved it when he's out on the field, made a play. He was just one of those like crowd favorites. Yeah, and I, I can see him doing really well recruiting because of that. He's just imposing, and he just has that type of personality to him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He just doesn't have much experience, and so that that might be the knock. His um, experience is that he did it in the professional football yeah. league. <laughs> Which yeah. Evan Cooper, cornerback, is really good. Um, good and, great recruiter from the yeah. sounds of it, and so I'm pretty excited about him. Yeah, um, and Ed Foley for strength and or no no special, sorry special teams he, he's either special yeah, teams right. or some some kind of analyst analyst yeah role. and then we also got the strength and conditioning but he's yeah. he's a little bit different but the the rumor the fl- the rumor floating around that maybe we'll get some more news on today tomorrow into this weekend is Jake Peets from um he's from O'Neal, O'Neal he, he played yeah. at Nebraska he's coached with Rule at um the Panthers he was the offensive coordinator at LSU and now he's an assistant at the Los Angeles Rams right now was he the OC when they won the national no, game. he was the OCE the I year he was, after. He was. I thought he was because I remember them like talking about this guy from Nebraska else. being the OC at I, a big school. Yeah, I think he was the OC in, in 2021. Okay, so anyways, like that'd be really that'd be cool. He's yeah, proven he'd be a, prove, proven guy. He'd be a great so. get. He would obviously command quite a bit more money. I feel like that's that. That almost seems like a. Like that's what's going to happen, right? With They'll, just the news yesterday. Yeah, but the, the, that the news could go either they, way. They, well, it sounds like they couldn't keep Mickey and him at what they wanted to salary yeah. wise. There was also it was so it, imagine it also could be there were rooms like you no, know, it was a package deal type thing. But it seemed like that wasn't it. More how Sean Callahan, you know, was the way it was just it. laid out, it, it was it, it was confusing. All they said was it's contingent on Mickey Joseph being retained. 
Yeah. All that I hear from that is they want to work together and they they want to both be on staff together. Yeah. If Mickey's not there, Jake's like I could you know I could stay in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, but. It also makes more sense regarding how much they're going to pay each other. So all of those things it will start did not to, overlapping positions. And no, like no, 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 no. So it, it's all it's all coming together. It's really about as clear as mud. The team and the the staff are going to go out recruiting. They're able to make visits. The dead period is over, so that they can go go on the road, get guys on 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 campus for on campus visits, and all those things are going to start tomorrow. So as those things are happening, as the staff gets put together, as recruits start committing, as all this news starts coming out. We'll continue to have podcasts for you guys in the coming weeks. We're going to keep on going into this winter season. So um, that being said, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Big Red Rundown. We hope that you're enjoying this as much as we are. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us some good reviews. Share it with your friends and family. Um, we want to we want to you know spread the, the red gospel. I don't know, but spread the red. Follow us on Twitter at Big Red Rundown and share your comments and questions to Big Red Rundown. We'll see you guys next time.